Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. I know it's not technically a halfway point. I realize that the All-Star break is more like two-thirds of the way through the season. But I thought today might be kind of a fun day to do a little mid-season review of the Dan Bespris Old Man Squad. A squad so old, it comes with its own bottle of Ben Gay. A squad so old that you can hear it coming by the sound of a bag of Werther's Originals being unwrapped as it slowly shuffles down the hallway. A squad so old that you can hear the telltale shuffle of slippers and tennis balls. That's the bottom of the walker. Dragging across the floor. It's the Dan Bespris Old Man Squad, ladies and gentlemen. I... They're not as old as they used to be. So here's the thing. Uh, From a nomenclature standpoint, it's much funnier to call the team the Dan Vespers Old Man Squad. But from from an accuracy standpoint, we should probably call the team the Dan Vespers All... Not, like, not so shiny. It's the boring squad. These are typically boring basketball players for one reason or another that I believe end up getting underdrafted. And this year, a lot of them did. I mean, that's that's the beauty part. I mean, the, the, the lead on today's show, is not to bury it or anything, is that the old man squad has, by and large, kicked ass this year. Not all the way through. You can't, you'll, no one's ever going to have 100% winners in their sort of target picks. But the ratio is very high this season. And I think that's probably the reason why most of my teams are in really good shape. A couple are in okay shape, and only one is uh, in duty monster shape. Um, and that's a team that has some, that I traded one of the old man squad guys for someone who wasn't, and that ended up hurting me. So I should have. Actually, should probably should have traded one of the other guys on that team. Also potentially from the old man squad, but anyway, we talked about that before. Welcome to the show, everybody. This is Fantasy NBA Today, a sports ethos presentation. I am your host, Dan Bespris. B-E-S-B-R-I-S on that last name. First name, Dan. If you want to find me over on Twitter, should be pretty easy to do. Uh, I believe, yeah, it's in the description of the show. Regardless of where you're listening, it's in the description of the show. If you happen to be listening on a recorded podcast channel, hello, come join us next time live on YouTube, where we are indeed rolling right now, over at youtube.com slash sportsethos. And the reason to do so is, number one, Q&A sessions. I do Q&A sessions before and after most of our YouTube shows. Folks can drop questions in the YouTube chat throughout the show. I get to them afterwards. So when I say goodbye to all of you on the recorded side, I actually keep the YouTube deal running for another 10 to 15 minutes, and we do question and answer. And number two, visual aids. I'm admittedly still not that great with the technology of it, but I am beginning to use some visual aids on YouTube. And today, for example, por ejemplo, we 
have a uh, Microsoft Word document. I know, super classy. All class here on Fantasy NBA Today with your pal Dan. They call me Dan All Class Bespris. It's uh, it's just a typed up Word document. It's where I wrote down the old man squad before the season started. It's where I copy and pasted that onto Twitter before the season started. And now, as I run through the names, I can just highlight them right there on the screen. I know this is hard, and and people have indeed complained that all podcasters I've gotten I've gotten this this feedback, and I know others have as well need to repeat the name of the player that we're talking about more often as we're discussing them because it's easy to kind of forget who the player is that's being analyzed. Well, the power of the visual aid on YouTube is folks can just look and see what name I'm talking about. So, uh, indeed, come on over. Hang out with us on the live side. Again, it's youtube.com slash sportsethos. Let's dive into this thing. This might end up taking a couple of days. I also, uh, between today and tomorrow, because the games are back tomorrow, I know, we've almost made it, ladies and gentlemen. It's a big Thursday as we come back from the All-Star break. It's a nine-gamer. So uh, at some point in the next one or two shows, I guess it's the next two shows, or I should say either today or tomorrow would be a better way to phrase it, either today or tomorrow, we're going to preview the Thursday card. I want to talk a little bit about how long streaming would work if you were going to be doing it immediately. I'm not going to do that every day here until we get, I think I said March 6th at the very earliest. We'll talk a bit more about long streaming at that point. But I want to kind of do like a, a, a demo almost. And then I also want to get through the old man squad. So I may have bit off a bit more than I can chew here, but we're going to try to do it anyway. Let's launch right on in. The first name on the list is, unfortunately, a player that, if we talked about them five weeks ago, was a huge hit. And if we talk about them now, uh, no longer a huge hit. And that is the great Kevin Durant, who um, got off to a rip-roaring start this year. His health was pretty good for a while, and then Jimmy Butler fell into his knee, and uh, now he's been out for a month and change, and hopefully should be back in the not-too-distant future. I believe he's listed questionable. So we might even get him coming out of the All-Star break, but there's going to be a ramp-up period, whether it's the first game, second game, third game back, something like that. Uh, he's probably not going to play in back-to-backs, although I know the Suns do need to make a little bit of a run, and they need to have some time to develop chemistry, so, you know, we'll see. Uh, but, unfortunately, he's not going to hit his totals rank. There's just no way to get that high when you miss a month and a half of the season. He's number 15 by totals right now, so at least not all is lost. And if indeed he does come back and then play healthy the rest of the year, he can very easily climb back into the first round. Uh, a couple of guys in the first round miss one or two games. That makes it a lot easier for him. Even if they don't, his uh, per-game ability allows him to gain on most of the players in front of him. So, like... For instance, the, the three players in front of KD right now are Demonis Sabonis, Kristaps Porzingis, Mikel Bridges on the totals side. He'll pass all three of those dudes if he comes back and just is healthy simply because he's better than those guys on a per-game basis. That'll be an easy one. Then you get to Donovan Mitchell, Luka Doncic, Anthony Edwards. Maybe that's a little bit tougher for him to climb over them, although Luka, now with Kyrie, he had slowed a little bit. Spida had slowed a little bit. Edwards is more of a... 
I mean, he's been really good, but he's more of a plotter. That's why he's where he is. He's played 61 ball games so far this year. Uh, you know, a healthy KD from, say, end of this week or next week until the end of the season probably does get him back up near eight or so on a total side. Which, you know, I had him at two. I thought he was going to be, I thought he was going to finish behind Jokic this year, and he he still possibly could have, but uh, that's not going to happen. Per game, I think we'll end up with that relatively close. Um, I think he's number three per game right now, but uh, yeah, he ain't going to get to number two by totals, and unfortunately, he's also probably not going to get to his ADP, which was closer to five, as YouTubers can see on their screen. Damian Lillard was the next name on the board, and by and large, that one's been a nice winner. He's actually number eight by totals. I had him on this board here at number nine. Um, He's been climbing as well. His per game I had listed at 10. He's also, interestingly, number eight per game on the year. So uh, that one we got right on the nose, and he's been a hit. LeBron James was uh, ADP was 16.1. His per game right now is 19 after a slow start, so I'm going to go ahead and just basically call that a wash. Uh, his totals a little bit behind. I think, where is LeBron by totals? He should be relatively close to that because he and Dame have each played in roughly the same number of ball games. Oh, there he is. I don't know why he's down at 31. That's a weird drop-off considering he's only played in one fewer game than Dame. Uh, so LeBron... Not quite a hit yet. Still time. He's probably not going to get to 12 by totals. He's probably not going to get to 9 on a per-game basis. Not after the really slow start to the year he had. Uh, But I see no reason why he can't finish in the teens in both. And if that's the case, then that would be probably really relatively close to his ADP. We'll call that one um, a slight underperformance to this point. But at the end of the year, you're probably going to look back and say, you know what, LeBron was totally fine. Call that one a... Call that one a neutral is where I think it ends up. KD slightly under, Dame slightly over, LeBron neutral. Kyrie, uh, this one's going to be probably a win at this point. Uh, I had him at 7 per game, 13 totals. It depends a little bit on how you look at this. Right now he's number 9 on a per game basis, and he's back of that by totals. He's number 17 because of uh, missed games (laughs) early in the year, suspension. Um, and then, you know, a couple games here and there. The trade, slightly sore back. I expect him to play in most of his team's games down the stretch, so that 17 by totals will probably work its way back up to basically where I had him. Um, And right now at 17, that was his ADP anyway. So he is at value by totals. He's ahead of it per game, and I expect him to finish higher than he is now. He's been uh, pretty consistently on the rise this year. DeJounte Murray is almost right on his ADP, slightly behind where we had him ranked. That's the the issue there. Uh, 27 is his per-game ranking. Um, 21 was his ADP. I thought his per-game would be in the second round. He's early third right now. Totals, he's basically right on pace. He's been pretty durable. Um, We had him at number 10 by totals. He might not quite get all the way to the turn um, but he'll be a second rounder, and so that'll be fine. That one's basically a neutral. Even if our uh, the targets aren't met, he will likely get. He'll likely beat his ADP because he's in front of it right now anyway. And I mean, there's sort of no reason to think that much changes for him the rest of the way. Sorry, that was Dejounte Murray. 
Oh, Kawhi Leonard. All right. I mean, this one is, as of right now, a miss. But at the same time, um, he's number 18 on a per-game basis on the season. And over the last two months, he's number six per game. And number eight by totals. So, don't write it off yet. We have 30% of the se- this season left. Most teams have around 25 games to go. And with the way Kawhi's been playing, he might get to that 8 rank that we had him on a per-game basis. He actually might get there. Which I know seems almost insane given how awful the beginning of the year was. Uh, but Kawhi's, again, 18 per game and just been crushing for two months. If he does that for another two months, which is close to what we have left in the season, just a little bit less than that, he's a first-rounder per game. Uh, by totals, it's going to be almost impossible for him to get to the 17 mark that we were hoping for there. But, you know, we've we've laughed about the Kawhi Leonard totals situation a few times this year and how fast he's moved up the board. He's up to number 70 by totals. Remember when he was at, like, 300? Over the last two weeks, I think he's gone from like 120 to 70. If he does the same thing he's done for those two weeks for another, he probably jumps up to 50. Another two weeks, 30-something. Last two weeks of the season, last three weeks of the season, he really could get into the 20s by totals. He's going to beat his ADP on a per-game basis. So even right now, and I know that all the missed games have been a real pain in the butt, but if you're hunting per game upside he's actually beating it now and just crushing it over the last two months but we needed to continue so Kawhi is still kind of a jury's out one which is kind of amazing because you know six weeks ago we had looked at Kawhi we would have said for sure this one is a huge miss and he's real damn close to being a win per game even if the totals don't come all the way around Freddie Van Vliet, there he is at number 18 uh, by totals on the year. He's beating my totals rank of him, which was already a net positive. Uh, He's been healthier than folks have given him credit for. He's played in 50 games so far this year. Uh, Per game, he's number 21. Where was my ranking? I had his per game at 20, so got that one pretty much right on the nose. Beating his ADP in both, that one's a win so far. Jimmy Butler, his ADP was 30.1. I had his per game at 17 and his totals rank at 23. I'm sorry, Jimmy. I undersold you. His per game right now is 12. And even though he, like always, is missing basketball games, his totals rank is 23, which is, guess what? The exact number I had. So, got that one. I owe Nikola Vucevic an apology because I had his per game at 27 and his totals at 20. And he has smashed both of those. His totals rank right now is five. Top five by totals. 22 per game, but he's been incredibly durable so far this year. Uh, as per game, he beat my mark by five to this point, but he's been obliterating his ADP. And folks, you can see on the screen on YouTube, he was one of our bold names. So he was the second target behind Kevin Durant, who was crushing. Vooch continues to do so. Huge win for the old man squad there. Love it. Again, if you're if you're looking back at the names so far, uh, KD, due to injury, 
is the miss in the top chunk to this point. Um, DeJounte Murray a tiny bit under our target, but he's still beating his ADP. LeBron slightly behind his ADP. Um, Dame is ahead. Kyrie's basically right on it. Um, Kawhi, depend, again, depends on which direction you look at. Freddie's beating it. Jimmy's beating it. Vooch is crushing it. Ah, Chris Paul. I don't know what's going on with his shot right now. CP3 is at 36 per game, which is his ADP. So at least, even though uh, we were hoping for more, at least he's at his ADP per game right now, even if he's not there by totals. He's been more banged up this year than we wanted to. The good news, though, is that one thing we have to look at when we're checking these things out is that since Chris Paul, Chris Paul came back from his last hip injury, he's number 19 on a per-game basis, which is where we wanted him to be. I thought his per-game rank this year would be 21, and his totals rank would be 16. He's not going to get to 16 by totals. His per-game rank could still get to 21. And if that's the case, then you take it, because uh, he could actually still beat at his ADP of 36 if he stays healthy the rest of the way. So I'm not going to write this one off yet. I'm going to call Chris Paul still undetermined at this point. And to me, the only guy that has no shot of getting where we wanted them to be or beating his ADP would be Kevin Durant because of this big injury and because you had to spend a first rounder on a guy who ended up with a big injury. That's the problem. These other guys have been hurt, but they were drafted second, third round or whatever, so they can still get there because of per-game potential. Like Jimmy Butler, drafted at 30, uh, but he's been so good per game that even with all the missed stuff, he's still beating his ADP in both metrics. Drew Holiday. Uh, this one's a traditionally a, a kind of a, a stroll of a pick. He's number 38 on a per-game basis so far this year. He's played in 47 ball games, so by totals he's kind of right around that same mark. Let's see if we can find him by totals. Actually get this number right. Where are you, Mr. Holiday? Uh, 51 by totals. I mean, this is a team that is generally being careful with their guys. Uh, so for Drew, he's just in front of his ADP per game, and he's just behind it by totals. That's neither a hit nor a miss. Neutral. Kristaps Porzingis smashing. He was our third huge target on the... Well, Chris Paul, I guess, was the third huge target. Kristaps Porzingis was our, like the fourth round target in every draft. I ended up with Chris Dobbs almost everywhere. And uh, honestly, that's probably why a lot of my teams are doing really well. In addition to some guys we'll talk about kind of towards the end of the old man squad. Porzingis has been amazing. His ADP was 47. His totals rank right now is 13. Never in my wildest dreams that I think he'd be this healthy for this long. Because I had him at 19 per game. And I had him in the 30s by totals. My per-game mark was pretty close. He's number 16 right now. But he's been healthier than expected, and that's just a huge win. Terry Rozier was the next name on the board, and you know he's another guy where the jury is still out because Rozier's been on a furious run after the unbelievably slow start. I actually don't even know where he is right now. He's all the way up to number 76 on a per-game basis. I know you're thinking, ooh, that's a far cry from where we need him to get to. 48 was the ADP. I thought he'd be around 30 per game. He's probably not going to get to 30. 24 by totals. 
By totals, by the way, Rozier is also in the 70s. Believe it or not, this one is still as of yet undetermined. Because instead of looking at the full season, we should look at the last two months. Over that stretch, Terry is number 37 by totals. That's with a couple of ball games missed, but not many. And 44 per game. And over the last one month, Rozier is number 23 per game. I think because of the last games he missed here right at the tail end. No, actually, uh, he's number 15 by totals. So if we continue to get that iteration of Scary Terry, he could very easily get there, at least to... I mean, he'll... If he keeps playing like this, he will definitely beat his ADP of 48. He'll push past that. Will he get to the higher marks that I set for him? Uh, I don't know. So the question is, can he keep going like this and be a small win, even if he's not the size win that we were hoping for? Undetermined. Shea Gilgis-Alexander, ADP of 49.1 when I put the old man squad list together on Yahoo. I vastly undersold how good he would be this year, um, but at least I am I'm pleased that he's on the list because I honestly forgot he was on the list. He wasn't he wasn't one of the big targets, so I don't want to try to like take more credit than I deserve here. But look, he is actually on the list, and um, I mean, I missed technically on how good he would be, but at least I said this is a guy who's going to beat his ADP by a round. Uh, and hopefully some of you uh, bumbled into him because of the old man squad, maybe. Desmond Bain, uh, also not one of our prime targets, but someone that we thought almost for sure would beat his marks on a per-game basis. Unfortunately, he did miss a ton of time with injury. Per game, he's at number 34, which is really close to where I had him at 31 per game. Uh, unfortunately, he's only played in 35 ball games. So this is someone, Bain might be a guy who beats his mark per game but loses by totals, which I think makes him a net neutral. You win one, you lose the other. I don't know how to grade that one more fairly. Uh, so that would be a uh, zero. These should all be graded as like plus one or minus one just for the sake of argument, even though... Like, some should be bigger than others. Um, and also, again, we kind of have to look towards the end of the year. But, like, if we said KD was a minus one, Dame is a plus, LeBron is a zero, Kyrie's a plus, DeJounte's a zero? Kawhi, if you want to go minus one, that's fine. I still think he probably gets back towards zero by the end. Freddie Van Fleet, plus one. Butler, plus one. Vooch is more like a plus two. Chris Paul, minus one. Drew Holiday, zero. Porzingis, probably a plus two. Rozier, zero. Shea, I mean, obviously, if you have him, he's a plus two, but based on my numbers, maybe it should be more like a plus one. I lost track of where I was with, going with that. Uh, Mikhail Bridges is the next name on the board. He was, a, he was a prime target with an ADP of 59, and, I mean, he's just annihilating that in every metric at this point. Bridges um, on the full season is 35 per game, and I believe he's 12 by totals, yeah. And life is only going to get better as he continues to get to do more stuff. So he's beating his per-game mark, even the mark that I set. I thought he was going to be 49 per game and 18 by totals. I thought the 18 by totals mark was really aggressive, and he's beating it. I don't know if anybody had him. Maybe Brewski. Brew was probably the only person who had bridges higher than I did. I think he had him higher than 18. 
I don't know anybody that had him higher than the two of us, though, and he is obliterating. And here's the big oopsies. Say what you want about some of the other oopsies so far, like KD's oopsies is Jimmy Butler fell into his leg. Chris Paul, you could argue, like, okay, that was he's old, so eventually he was going to miss some ball games. And by the way, Kawhi Leonard, there should be a caveat on this board. He was never a head-to-head pick. He was a roto-only pick. So you're basically looking at, can I rack up a, bun of, a bunch of per-game upside plays? But um, Keldon Johnson is truly the first bad handicap on the board here. Uh, and he was a target. So I kind of, I got to wear this one in every sense of the word. Keldon is number 151 by averages right now on a tanking team. So he hasn't even been that durable. 52 games is fine, but like he needed to be up near 60 if he wanted to, to really push up the board. Um, big miss. Ouchies. Ouchies, I say. Keldon Johnson, that one hurt a little bit. That's, that's a miss. But you know what? We're entitled to one big miss. After a lot of really big hits to that point. Jakob Pertl, he's number 90 by totals right now. Um, I thought he would be at 60. I still think he can actually get there. Spurs, obviously, giving guys rest. They've they've throttled him down. They did the bubble wrap thing with Pertl. Uh, he's 85 per game. But, I mean, we saw his last game in Toronto. He's ready to explode. I don't think we can call this one a hit or a miss yet. And I still actually think by the end of the year, six, seven weeks from now, I think this will be a hit. Jamal Murray at 80.7 ADP. I'm losing track of how long we're going on this thing. I think we've still got some more time. Uh, Jamal was, again, someone you wanted to target more on the roto side because you knew there'd be a bunch of missed ball games. He's number 59 by uh, per game right now, which, hey, look at what old Dano had on his board. 57 was where I had him per game. Uh, got that handicap pretty much right on the nose. By totals, I had Jamal on my board at 74. He's at 79 right now. He's pretty much doing exactly what we thought he would do at the pace, games played pace, that we thought he would do it. So that's something. Uh, Devin Vassell at 81.6 was the next one. Unfortunately, he's been taking a bunch of time off. I, I think perhaps underestimated how tanky the Spurs would go. Um... You know, per game-wise, this one we pretty much got. He's 53 per game. We had him at 63 per game. But by totals, he's nowhere close. So um, I think you probably have to call this one a miss, even if the handicap was generally right. But, you know, dudes missed two months of basketball, and you're not going to win with uh, a guy who misses two months of basketball. I, I suppose the fortunate part is that at least... You know, you're talking about a late seventh rounder right now, so it doesn't hurt you that much. Um, and we got the stat profile right. You know, we got the usage right. We got the per game production level pretty right. I just thought even with the tank, he would get into the, like, mid-60s, and uh, and that ain't happening now. So that was Vassell. Al Horford at 84 is the next name on the list. Um, he has been, he's number 79 per game. So he has indeed underperformed uh, what I was hoping from him. Uh, I thought he would be closer to 50 this year, but, uh, you know, for whatever reason, he just... You know, the free throw number's been down. The field goal number's been a little bit lower. The, it, honestly, it's the blocks and steals that I thought would be a tiny bit higher for him. 
and maybe like eight and a half, nine shots instead of seven and a half shots per game. He's still technically a hit over his ADP, um, but I don't know. I just expected more. You can call this one minus one half probably or zero. It's definitely not a hit, but I don't know. Can you really call it a miss? Like he's been fine. I just wanted more. I got greedy. Gary Trent Jr., uh, oh boy, after a couple months, he looked like it was going to be a disaster. Not anymore. He's number 48 per game. Uh, I had him at 56, and I had him at 52 by totals. Where the hell are you, Trent, by totals? Let's flip over here. Uh, 43. So he's actually beating the marks that I set for him. Probably should have invested more in Gary Trent Jr. because he's beating his number by four full rounds. That's a nice hit. That's a plus one. Oops to Brandon Clark at 98. That's a minus one. Thought for sure he would get to play a little bit more backup four, backup five, blend and mix, and JJJ I thought would be out longer, but honestly that didn't even matter because they were rolling Santi Aldama there. Um, that's a miss. We don't even need to get into this one. Bad handicap, Brandon Clark, no. Lowry Markinen, ladies and gentlemen, at 99, and he has smashed even my lofty expectations. I thought he would be in the 60s in both per game and totals on a team I thought would be tank, and they haven't even really tanked, and he's just blown away everything that we could have hoped. Huge win on Lowry Markinen. And you might, might so this is, Gordon Hayward is the next name on the list, and he's a miss, uh, but I don't, I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, like, give myself negative marks for misses outside of the top 110. Regardless, this is where you're hoping to get some big hits, and those of you on YouTube can already see some of the names coming up on this thing. We have gotten a few of them. But this is why when folks hear me talk about Gordon Hayward on the pod, and I've been so down on him, I, I want people to realize I'm down on my own selection. Okay? I'm not picking on somebody else's call on Gordon Hayward. That's the problem. Like, everybody listens to these shows and reads our tweets and whatever, and they think we're, like, taking shots at people. I'm taking a shot at myself, ladies and gentlemen. I had Gordon Hayward as someone I thought would be quietly overperforming, and he's just looked terrible. So that's why I moved on. I saw what I saw. I watched these Hornets games, and I was like, oh, my God, this dude looks like slow and fat and out of shape and he just doesn't have any lift he's been better lately so maybe he needed to play his way into a season two three months later but good lord uh he's probably not getting to 77 on a per game rank DeAnthony Melton that's a hit I don't care what anybody says about like the inconsistencies and the ups and downs DeAnthony Melton is a hit DeAnthony Melton uh is number 41 by totals on the year and you don't get that high by just plodding along. By the way, I had him at 85 per game and 67 by totals on my board. I know he's trending the wrong way, but he would pretty much have to completely disappear to not beat his ADP of 115. He's 58, by the way, on a per-game basis, and 40s by totals. He's a hit, and he's going to be a hit, even if he's not that great down the stretch. Because as we saw... Even if he disappears for one or two ball games, he does still tend to bounce back in a couple others. He'll run a bit hot and cold. He'll probably be more like a top 115 guy the rest of the way. But guess what? He's done so much to this point, that won't bring him all the way back down. That's a hit. Jalen Smith, however, is not. Jalen Smith is the next name on the board at 119, 
And uh, Rick Carlisle, I mean, you'll we have Isaiah Jackson, two uh, players later. Rick Carlisle has completely obliterated everything we thought the Pacers were going to do this year. I feel somewhat vindicated by the fact that every single analyst on planet Earth all liked Isaiah Jackson and most liked Jalen Smith. Not all, but most, because uh, his stat set wasn't as good as Jackson's. Uh, and neither one of them have panned out, so the hell with both. But luckily, in between those two guys on our board, we have Brooke Lopez, who, again, like, I thought that my 90-ish totals rank was actually kind of bullish on Brolo, and uh, nope. <laughs> nope. He's a 29 per game, and he's played in 57 of the Bucks basketball games. He's 16 by totals. He was at least a target guy, so that's good. Uh, that's a big hit. Cam Johnson at 128 is an interesting one. He's not going to get anywhere near the totals rank that I set for him of 66. His per-game rank of 82, to me, is very much in play. Uh, where the hell is he at right now? He's at 77, so he's actually already beating it, but he's only played in 20 games this year. So by totals, he's going to be a mess. Per game, uh, this will be a hit. Because, you know, drafted at 128. Probably got dropped in a lot of leagues when he was out forever. Um, so, like, I can't give myself credit on Camp Johnson. If a guy misses three months in the middle of the year, he's a miss. But he's a worthwhile player, and the handicap, frankly, was good. Mike Conley, I had sort of a pre-post All-Star thing going on on our board here. I did the same thing with Kelly Olynyk. Those are actually the last two names on the old man squad board. So we're going to get through the whole thing today. And we'll push the other stuff to tomorrow. Uh, Mike Conley, I thought he would be 75 per game before uh, the break. And then I have his totals outside the top 130. You know, specifically because I thought that there was a risk of shutdown. Well, he's at 115 per game right now because he's shooting 40.5% from the field. But now he's with Minnesota, uh, so there's no shutdown risk, which mitigates that side his totals rank will probably be better than where i had him at and his per game might be a little bit lower uh but either way that one's been generally a winner and then kelly olenic is number 97 on a per game basis i had him at 94 so he's right on that marker uh his totals will i had him outside the top 130 he'll probably be better than that um because he's likely about to go on about a four or five week run before Utah probably shuts up everybody down last one or two weeks of the regular season, maybe. Although if they keep competing, maybe they don't. Either way, I think both of those guys at the end are generally winners, especially now as it seems uh, the shutdown risk is not quite so severe. Okay, that's the Dan Vespers Old Man Squad. As they stand right now, I didn't do... Uh, the uh, pluses or minuses element of it. If you guys want to see all that through, you can. I don't you know. Whatever's fine. Um, for the most part, though, it's been fun. Like, we've had a lot of really good old man squad hits this year. And frankly, some of when people are like, who are the biggest winners in fantasy? They probably say Shea Gilgis Alexander, Kristaps Porzingis, Brooke Lopez. Uh, Larry Markinen and Nick Claxton, and we had all of those guys except Claxton on the on the big board, and a few of them were were primo targets. Porzingis was a primo target, Markinen was a primo target, Brooke Lopez was a primo target, uh, Shea was not. So again, I don't want to give myself too much credit on that one, but he was on the damn list. How many names was that? Like thirty something. 
So, uh, you know, I didn't put 150 players or 200 players or whatever it is here. I didn't, I didn't do 70, 80, 100 players on this list. I put down our top 30 plus and, uh, we got like four of the five biggest winners in fantasy sports so far this year. And Vooch, who people don't even talk about as a huge fantasy winner, but frankly, he should be on that board also. Vooch has been, I mean, maybe he's this, you know, he's not as as surprising as seeing like Markinen up all the way near the top. Larry Markinen at number six. When he was drafted near whatever it was, 80, 80? What did I say the ADP was on, on marketing? 99, actually, at the time of that, writing down that list, uh, where Vooch was in the 30s. But those guys are 5 and 6 by totals, respectively. Vooch at 5, Larry at 6. Brolo at 16. Shea actually is number 1 by totals right now. He's just in front of Nikola Jokic, mostly because they each have taken a handful of rest games apiece. That's pretty amazing, by the way. I'd still rather have Jokic because the per-game jump he's had lately, and he's been sort of pushing farther up the board. There's been separation. It's you know the the Jokic car is is passing the Shea car as opposed to the other way around. But the fact that Shea's number one by totals is pretty remarkable for a guard that doesn't shoot the three-pointer, mind you. But huge, huge positives. In both percentages, and only 2.9 turnovers per ball game, 2.3 defensive stats, a lot to like, 30 points per game, 31 points per game, sorry, 2.7 defensive stats on Shea. Under, I shorted him a point. He's at 31. Uh, so again, like, of all the huge movers, particularly on the total side, because you want your big movers to actually be in a lot of ball games. We've had four of the five, and maybe even five of six if you throw Vooch in there. But we didn't have Claxton. So that's the one that I'm going to look back and go, man, what if we had what if we had Nick Claxton? Where the hell is he on the totals board? 26, so still really, really good, um, but slightly below those other guys. Still, you know, he was a guy that got drafted outside the top 115 or whatever it was, so obviously a massive Massive winner. Tomorrow on the pod, uh, we will... the hell are we doing tomorrow? I said it earlier in the show. Now I can't remember. Tomorrow we're going to do... Right, I remember. Uh, Thursday preview, because we got games coming back. Um, and also I want to do a demo run of long streaming, just to basically show you how you would do it if you were going to do it right out of the All-Star break. Uh, I'm not going to do that every day until early March. Um, but that'll give you all an indicator of how I look at a board and swing all the puzzle pieces around, make them fit just the right way. To my recorded listeners, please do hang out with us next time live on YouTube at youtube.com slash sportsethos. To my live viewers, we'll be doing a Q&A session here after the show. I am Dan Vespers for Fantasy NBA Today. A tip of the cap to the lovely Dan Bespris old band squad. We will review it again at the end of the season and see if some of these directional ideas we talked about today actually did bear fruit. Where did they end up for real? And uh, maybe we'll find a way to grade it out. I don't know. I, I feel like we could try that. I don't know if it would merely matter. Like, you guys will see the names, you'll hear the names, whatever it is, and you'll know 
generally how we did. Um, but uh, that's where we're at with the Old Man Squad, and uh, that's where we're at with this All-Star Break Wednesday show. Forgot what day it was for a second there. I'll see you guys over on social media, at Dan Bespris over on Twitter, at EthosFantasyBK, and of course, SportsEthos.com. Baseball season around the corner. Sports Ethos has the baseball draft guide dropping now. You can get that as part of the Fantasy Pass, which is only $5.99 a month. Joe Orico and his team have been doing work, people. Go check that out at SportsEthos.com. That's the baseball draft guide as part of the Sports Ethos Fantasy Pass included therein. Have a great Wednesday, everybody. We'll talk to all of you folks again. Manana. Manana.